Blog Talk Radio. Three of the rebooted, re-deluxe, re-everything uh, retro renaissance podcast with me, your host, Chris Shanks, with my partner in crime, the man with the plan. <coughs> we're trying to have a conversation here. Uh, <laughs> just come back to YouTube. Brahelia Tom, how are you doing, buddy? Hola, yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you, buddy. Apologies to our regular listeners, all three of them. Uh, for our late uh, entrance tonight, we've uh, we've those, put it back. Those three guys are going to be so pissed. Yeah, <laughs> we put it back because uh, I went out to pick up a PSP, which is uh, all fun and exciting, and I'm forgoing the pleasure of playing on it to talk to you, wonderful people. Uh, and also with us tonight, he's currently eating. I think is uh, Aiden, who's uh, AFK at the moment as he munches his way through. A veritable Sunday night takeaway feast. So, how have you been, Tom? What have you been up to? What have you been playing in the past week? Do tell. Pretty damn good. Uh, yeah, I haven't been up to too much. I just put out a couple of videos back on the YouTube. Um, I did a video on the Power Glove, which was shite, and a video on Virtual Hydelite for the Sega Saturn, which wasn't as shite. Um, I love that Hydelite, man. That was awesome. I thought it oh, was really well put together, yeah. Did you like that? Yep, absolutely. Awesome. I did get a retweet from um, Linkara today, from that guy with the glasses for that video. So that was cool. Oh, really? What? Yeah, um, the angry video game nerd? Uh, you know, um, no, the other one. Uh, that guy with the glasses is a dude on there, Linkara, does like uh, comic books and stuff like that. But, uh, oh. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool dude. But um, other than that, I did play uh, Broken Sword Director's Cut today for, uh, on my iPad, and which is fucking awesome. Really enjoyed that. Other than that, not too much. Awesome. And yeah. So what have you been playing? Uh, me? Yes. Broken Sword on my iPad. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, what else have I been playing? I was playing some uh, Final Fantasy Tactics the other day on PSP, strangely enough. Oh my giddy aunt. I've just looked up how many games there are on the PSP, and at present there are 642. Good luck, man. Oh, is that well. just talking? I'm not on that one there. Ah. Yeah, Is that not counting Japanese? No, that's, that's EU releases only. Fast or bound. Shit. But really, who am I, who's going to want, who wants to be a millionaire party edition? <laughs> I don't know, man. I would. Yeah. And, uh, oh, hold on. I don't have to include the Spanish and German ones, do I? No, fuck that. Unless you can speak Spanish and German. They've got some nice double packs over there. Oh, really? Yeah. Battle Royale. Battle Ooh. Royale. What's that? I want to know about Battle Royale on the Sony PSP. If any of you have played it, 
It was only released in India. Let me know. Well, some, some kind of Swami game. Who knows? I need so, a PSP specialist. We do. Well, Mel Jesus rocks. He always has good, um, good PSP reviews. He always has good things to get on the PSP. Ah, name drop. <coughs> name drop. <coughs> um, so yeah, I'm probably gonna be checking out some of his PSP hidden gem videos to see what I can get. God damn it! Fucking game putting on pre-owned stickers on shit. Oh, I hate that. Why do I need to know it's pre-owned? Twenty-nine ninety-nine, you piece of shit. I only paid three quid for it. Anyway, Medal of Honor Heroes, in case you're wondering. Um, so, Aiden, are you there? You're just making strange um, noises in the background. I'm, <coughs> I'm sort of here. Um, I can talk in between chomping. So, yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. How have you been? You were on last week. How are you? And what are you chomping on? Uh, I'm not too bad. I'm just shattered still because I haven't stopped all weekend. Me and Mark went uh, game hunting yesterday morning, and I gigged in the evening. So what did you find game hunting? Uh, I can't let you know because it'll uh, ruin the next episode we're uploading. Uh, <laughs> you mean I actually have to watch your videos? Well, <laughs> you, or you could just skip straight to the end, I guess. <laughs> skip to the end. Skip to the end. Uh, no, that's a complete lie, of course. I do watch Aiden's videos, and I hope you do too. And if you don't, you can check him out uh, at Aiden Watkins on YouTube. Yep. And in response to Thomas's question, <clears throat> I'm eating chicken fried rice from the Chinese. Mm. Nice. Round of applause. <laughs> Bit of a gold clap there for the two gold games I now own on the PSP. Ah. He's uh, <laughs> a happy PSP owner. I am a happy PSP owner. Do you know, I, I said ages ago I wanted a PSP, so I'm glad to have one. It's uh, it's a funky little system. It's charging much, Sorry, how much did I set you back today, Mark? You just picked it up, didn't you, uh, Chris? Yes, I did. It was uh, £39 with seven games. I assume that's a good price. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a fairly decent game. I already had three games anyway, so I was kind of looking for one on the outskirts, like trying to get one or whatever. Um, but everything else I've seen is kind of more expensive. You could generally get a bundle for around 30 to 50 quid. Um, so I didn't think I did too bad, but it's in absolutely stonking condition, so I'm chuffed with that. And it was only a... It was a 25-minute walk away from my house, so in the same area of Bristol that I live in, so I could go and pick it up tonight. Just made sense, really. Right on. So, yeah, that's it, basically. So, uh, this week we will be discussing survival horror.
many cliches, and that's why Aiden's on. Aiden is a a Resident Evil nut. So uh, yes, yep. and in fact, that's where survival horror began, or rather, not where it began, but where the term began. Uh, just uh, give you a, a little bit of a history here, as we do every week when we have these kind of topical things. So. Uh, Resident Evil that was released in Japan in 1996 and that's where the term was first coined of survival horror um, and it was in, of course Resident Evil influenced via games such as 1989's Sweet Home yep. and uh, Haunted House from before that in 1982 May I add to this Chris if you don't mind maybe be in the uh, local Resident Evil map Okay you go for it buddy Just like um, obviously um uh, Christ, I'm trying to think now. Resident Evil was created by Capcom, which was also the creator of Sweet Home, and they were both created by, I believe it was Shinji Mikami is his name, and he's the guy who directed both games, which is why they share similarities. And um, <clears throat> just another thing as well, Resident Evil was heavily inspired by Alone in the Dark, which was essentially what was like the sort of first um, 3D sort of um, camera angle based horror game, which was on PC first, I believe. It was, was that Infograms? Mm-hmm. French developers, aren't they, I believe? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, Shinji Mikami was, of course, the director of Resident Evil. However, um, the link between the two was, I believe, the uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa. Which I believe right. Is, and I think he was he was matched in there with both of them somehow. Although I don't think it was necessarily the same um, same things. They sort of crossed over a lot of stuff. But yes. A, uh, a sort of psychological horror role-playing game was uh, Sweet Home in 1989, released <coughs> on the NES. Uh, do check it out if you get a chance to. Yeah, it's all yeah. random encounter battles, all that kind of stuff. So, <coughs> Resident Evil, of course, released in uh, 1989. As we just, uh, sorry, 1996 on the Sony PlayStation was and They are ported for the Sega Saturn and Windows. Yep. And uh, re-released recently for the DS and on Sony PlayStation Network. <clears throat> and there is actually a director's cut, uh, which I had... Mm, oh, yeah, <clears throat> I have got one. So, yes. And, we it, oops, and there was the remake as well, don't forget, which uh, was released on GameCube and Wii. That's right, the GameCube and Wii remake, of course. Um, Sorry, go on, Chris. That's all right. I was going to go on with the history, but you carry on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, everything I'm saying is is still relative to the game. Um, The irony of Resident Evil Director's Cut is the fact that it's actually not a Director's Cut whatsoever. It's basically the same game that's rehashed a little bit more. The real technical Director's Cut was actually the remake because many of the things such as Trevor's Letters, who was the architect for the mansion, for example, was actually planned to be in the original game, as well as items like the um, uh, fuel containers, burning bodies and that. So the director's cut is such a cop-out on the PlayStation. <laughs> did you pay extra for the director's cut like I did? You, you've been gypped, is what he's saying, basically, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> so, carrying on there. So Resident Evil, of course, spawning many, many sequels uh, up until uh, the least one was Resident Evil 6, I believe. Yep. Um, and then uh, this, so around Resident Evil 4, I want to say, in 2005, um, began to incorporate more features from action games 
like FPSs and third-person shooters. Um, so, and it's sort of at that point people started asking, well, why hasn't it gone away? And recently you've seen a lot more indie <coughs> people come along and sort of change it again. So it's it's really an evolving kind of genre at the moment. So the game design of a survival horror is kind of like a sub-genre action <coughs> game. So um, you've, you're generally very underarmed. It's all about min-maxing your inventory. By that I mean you've, you've only got three bullets. How are you going to use them? You don't want to use them on any old zombie. You know, you want to be using... <laughs> melee weapon or something like that on a zombie instead um, so it's all about survival and how best you're going to get through a situation um, and often um, there's a lot of non-combat challenges as well like solving puzzles at certain locations um, and collecting and managing your inventory there'll be, there'll be areas which are off limits until you gain certain items uh, and sometimes there'll be alternative routes and stuff, and sometimes um, there'll be like mazes, and or they're also always dark and claustrophobic. Do you know what I mean? So they make use of like really bad shadows and stuff like that. Um, but then there's also games which make use of these huge open-ended environments as well. So, but more often than not, you'll find yourself stuck in a room perhaps with a time limit or not, where you've got to get out before an outbreak or you get gassed or something like that. So lots of... Um, uh, like the, the early releases of it with the enemies, like you, you would always... Um, you, you would take a while for you to see an enemy. We'd sort of see one brush past, but you'd only see the shadow or something like that. Um, and so you'd have camera angles, like in the old horror films, where they'd be lurking in areas that are concealed from your view just uh, or perhaps off screen sound or warning cues or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like um really classic kind of horror. If you think of um paranormal activity and all the cues that the guys in that are given, you know, it's that's that's how I imagine a, a survival horror to be, but with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> So there's normally, like say in paranormal activity, that's one thing. But there's normally um, a variety of monsters and unique behaviour patterns. <coughs> so it's uh, say you walk through a door suddenly, um, and there's there's another door to your right. If you haven't cleared that room first, the monster that was in there might come out and jump it out at you from behind and <coughs> grab hold of you, and you can't then do a quick time event. Yada yada yada. You all right there, Aiden? Yeah, yeah, just listening in, mate. Yeah. Wait, um, just waiting for you to settle on the next topic so I can start ranting and lecturing you all about survival horror. <laughs> so, we'll start with the origins. So, the the, the early games were <coughs> cases based on um, works by H.P. Lovecraft, who was the guy who, in turn, um, also gave a lot of inspiration to Stephen King. Stephen King, famous for it, The Shawshank Redemption, <coughs> various horrors. Um, and H.P. Lovecraft, his most famous series was the Cthulhu series, which is about, which is at its heart a psychological horror about this ancient god that lives either deep in the sea or, <coughs> or 
way on a, a weird kind of coastline where there's cultists who revere him and stuff and so the whenever somebody goes to investigate the head gets fucked with and stuff like this so um with, with japanese sort of uh, psychological horror it's it's more um kind of uh that that sort of style but with the, the western world we tend to have more um action oriented <coughs> stuff jump scares and that kind of thing yeah so a lot, lots of action lots of blowing guts so whereas you can think of japan as alien perhaps you would think of uh the western world as aliens as an example very good one <laughs> mm. so there's a lot of there's a lot of various different games along the way um, I think we've, we've already touched on Alone in the Dark and obviously Resident Evil so <coughs> really the golden age I suppose started with <coughs> Resident Evil in 1996 um, and uh, from there you had things like Silent Hill <coughs> Clock Tower uh, do you remember Clock Tower? yeah, yeah. that's very obscure not, not, not very mainstream as the others yeah. but it is quite a cult following and then uh, Corpse Pie, which is uh, an indie game, and the sort of the, the first sort of major indie game, really, for psychological horror. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> and then, uh, Sound effects. Overblood. Um, I'm just reading through some now. The notes. Hell Knights. Um, and then, of course. Resident Evil 2 came out, um, which Shinji Mikami said he wanted to um, tap into the classic notion of horror as the ordinary made strange. So instead of having the game in a, a mansion where nobody would normally visit, he put it into an urban setting, uh, like a viral outbreak. So kind of like the difference between um, uh, The Living Dead to The Day of the Dead. Uh, those two kind of films, if that makes sense. So Day of the Dead's basically a cabin in the woods. Loads of evil shit going on around it. Uh, Living Dead, they've fucking... Uh, sorry, Living Dead was that. and that, Or Night of the Dead, was it Night of the Dead? Night of the Dead's the one with the cabin that was recently redone, wasn't it? Night of the Living Dead, you mean, is it? Night of the Living Dead, yeah, with um, Bruce Campbell was in the original. Um, and then the Oh, no, no, that's Evil Dead. The Evil Dead, sorry, that's what I meant. Um, and then Day of the Dead's like the George Romero classic. There's loads of fucking zombies everywhere. 28 Days Later, I suppose, is another one. And in turn, with these games coming out, came those films like 28 Days Later, 28 Weeks Later, um, these massive um, zombie outbreak films, all the way through to today, where you can still see mainstream success with them, um, to the likes of... Uh, Walking Dead on TV and The Last of Us on the PlayStation 3.
So that's a, a sort of a rough history of it. Um, I mean, the, there are loads of games today out there. Like, um, they're a bit different to that as well. Like, um, if you look at Daisy, uh, which is an online survival against zombies, not as much survival horror. Um, but then you've got stuff like um, uh, Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2, where it's survival horror with massive co-op, where it's more or less turned into just an FPS fest. Um, so yeah, and then you have the indie games like Slender, <coughs> Amnesia, uh, Deadly Premonition, um, and then uh, there was one I played recently where, and I can't for the life of me think of what it was, you're in an office um, and uh, you, you're working late and the, the woman, <coughs> the, there's like a whole story evolves around and you've got to try and get out of the office before this this deadly widow comes to get you as a ghost. So yeah, very much focused on the, the survival aspect. <coughs> the lights fucking turn off and on and you get notes come up and you go back to your computer. There's a note on your screen saying, I can see you and stuff like this. So very traditional. Um, and in fact, just read here, Shinji Mikami, the creator of the Resident Evil franchise, announced his new survival horror game, The Evil Within, coming in 2014. Mikami stated his goal was to bring survival horror back to its roots, even though this is his last directorial work, as he was disappointed by resource, recent survival horror games for having too much action. <coughs> it was a stab of Resident Evil 6. <laughs> well, it was a big steaming part of poo, wasn't it? Because... In uh, Resident Evil 5, as far as I was concerned, it was all closed up nicely. You know, the, you had here was the, you've killed the guy who was the head of the Umbrella Corporation. And then um, suddenly there's 5,000 of these. Is there any point you could have an, another Umbrella or Corporation? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, I've got this instead, so that's all right. The inner Resident Evil fan in me is trying so hard not to slap you right now, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Stop butchering the story and the facts. <laughs> well, that, is, that is the basics of it, isn't it? You know, the end of Resident Evil 5, this is a spoiler, by the way, is you, you get hold of the head of the Umbrella Corporation. He's not the head of the Umbre Umbrella Corporation. Oh, well, all right. Cr cr Chris, I'm stuffing my face full of Malam right now, just trying to <laughs> stop myself from going off, man. Come on, fine, fine. Well, tell the story, then. What happens at the end of Resident Evil 5? Well, no, I... Aiden got Okay. Well, like, basically, like, the way... Um, Umbrella, the Umbrella Corporation was shut down, like, in Red it's mentioned in the open dialogue, but I know what you're saying, basically, like, sort of the main antagonist, if you will, of the entire series being Wesker, he, you know, he's finally dealt with, you know, by Chris, and, you know, they sort of bring the characters from the first games, you know, Wesker, Jill and Chris, who are, like, the main protagonists of the series, and everyone knows about, and they finally face off against... Wesker, who's been through the series as well, they finally defeat him, and it is sort of like closure to the whole thing, I guess. Which is, I guess, is what Chris is getting at. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, so like the, the whole fucking story's done, and then six comes along, and they they just shit on the last five games. Do you not think, to a certain extent? I would argue that I personally, I would argue that five shackle over the other games as well but you know we yeah. can, this is a huge debate that can go on really but 
I mean, I know four was a drastic, drastic change to the previous series, but there's still examples <clears throat> where it's very atmospheric and horror-like. Like, I remember when you're running up towards the church and it's raining and it's really dark and creepy and, you know, it's yeah. still had some atmosphere, but five and six, just forget it. <clears throat> well, <laughs> do you think that the series has gone too far now, Aiden? Yeah, I would I would say so personally. I mean, they recently released uh, Resident Evil Revelations, which is probably the best game they've released since the PlayStation days, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's fantastic. <clears throat> That's on uh, the 3DS, isn't it? It's on everything. It's, it's on PS3, Xbox 360, PC, 3DS, Wii U, everything, literally. But I'm... It's a good game, though. I highly recommend it. Anyone who's a fan of old-school Resident Evil or even enjoys the more action-oriented ones should try it out because it's a perfect blend of them both. Um, but back to what you're saying, though, I definitely agree. I think the series has sort of... <clears throat> it's gone too far. I mean, for me, um, understand me when I say uh, sort of re- uh, being realistic. I mean, don't get me wrong, zombies and viruses and monsters and shit. Don't, I, I get that, but... There's a certain suspense, uh, suspension of belief where you can think, oh, well, you know, maybe there could be a virus that can, you know, reanimate the dead. I mean, there already is in nature. There are things like that, not to the same scale we have in video games and movies, but, you know, like uh, rabies and all that, you know, it turns people crazy and that kind of shit. But the way Resident Evil's gone now, where you have, like, these 40-foot giant monsters that just come around and smash things up, and just some of the crazy shit you see now, it's just, you're like, how is how is this possible? Yeah. It's, it's so crap. Yeah, it's just, it's just, I think they've just gone big to sort the, of appeal to, like, different crowds, and it's backfired on them. I think I absolutely love like the the story of the first game, the way it's told through the notes that you find through the mansion. Exactly, it's like, it, it, It's just it's absolutely fantastic. Like the way it's explained, like it's it's plausible enough that you you know you you go you go along with it. Again, like you know, you think like the corporation is trying to mass produce bioweapons and stuff. Don't give me. I mean, it's, it's of course it's ridiculous, but. Think about playing Resident Evil 1, 2, 3 and your suspension of belief playing them compared to playing like 5 and 6 and even 4 and you're just like, what? <laughs> I think in 2 and 3, definitely. But, I mean, you, you don't know like how high the stakes are in the first game. Even when you finish it, you don't know how high the stakes are. By the time you get to 2, when it's broken out into the sea, that's when it kind of gets to like... You, you sort of start to realise just how big Umbrella is as like a shadow corporation as well as this sort of like, well... Well, they a pharmaceutical company. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But then exactly it's spot on. But no, in like four, five, and six, it's like every single person and their brother and sister and their auntie and <laughs> has a has the virus and is making monsters. And it's just like, oh come on, guys. Did you did you check out uh, Damnation, the the newest uh, Capcom movie? Resident Evil, the CGI one. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, I, if, I think it's the one where Leon looks like how he does in Resident Evil 6, the leather jacket, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, it was okay. I didn't dislike it, but it wasn't great either. <laughs> nice, nice. Still better, nice. still better than Paul Anderson's job, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anything's better. Though, I will admit, 
I'll swallow my pride here. It is a guilty pleasure, and I do enjoy seeing him in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <clears throat> so, was uh, Resident Evil, was that your first one as well, Tom? Um, first, 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 first what? Uh, mm. Survival Horror. Um, it would have been the first one I'd played as a kid, but I'm more of a Silent Hill dude. <clears throat> um... So, I didn't actually start getting into Resident Evil until a few years back when I went absolutely ape shit on it and just basically went and bought every single game, even the Outbreak ones, which... Ugh. But, yeah, I'd say uh, the the first time I ever played a survival horror game probably was Resident Evil, but the first time I played a horror game would have been would have been well before that. Depends what you class as a horror game, because, you know, I class, like, Alien Breed on the Amiga as technically a survival horror game, because you're up against the hard time limit, you've got limited keys, limited ammo to make your way around. Like, the the mechanics of a survival horror game were there, and I think they were there in kind of earlier examples as well. about the controls in Resident Evil it's nothing on the, the original Alone in the Dark hmm have you ever tried um, Doom 3 yeah quite a horror almost a horror type game isn't it to a uh, certain degree there's uh, there's elements of it although it's it's a bullet vest you know with um, loads of ammo everywhere and all the rest of it it's, it's, you, uh, it's, you do go through stages where you're low on ammo and where you go past a certain thing and something, the lights will go off and <clears throat> it, jump out, you know? It, in terms of mechanics, I'm not so sure, but in terms of atmosphere, I'd say maybe <coughs> there's definitely, like, it could you could relate it to um, sort of being a, a, yeah. a survival horror-esque game, for sure. Yeah, spot on, I agree. I I, I know you're saying this, it's like you're saying, Chris, it is literally just like, you know, it is a shooter at heart, but... It tends to rely more on jump scares, though. I find, like, for example, like, you know, when once you first get to the control panel and, you know, it's like the first ten minutes, there's hardly spoilers, and then basically shit breaks loose and then you're going back to the places and you only have your torch and you see people being dragged into vents and screaming. It's it's more sort of jump scares than it is, like, psychological, I think. It's very set PC. <clears throat> yes. And, uh, of course, recently, with the, the PS4 coming out on PSM Plus at the moment, you can get um, Outlast, which uh, I think Monkey Spaz did a, a playthrough and shit his pants to. Yeah. Recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. Which is interesting. So if you get a chance, do watch uh, Monkey Spaz 5000's uh, playthrough of Outlast on uh, PS4. It's very, very good fun. Mm. <laughs> For sure. Excuse me. We're keeping you up. You are indeed. <laughs> um, 
It must be my sexy voice. Sexy voice. Um, so, Aiden, why don't you wax lyrical to us about why Resident Evil is the greatest horror series <coughs> ever? Let me just get comfortable and grab my mouth out. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it's the greatest. It's because, <clears throat> like, when people throw these terms around, I think it's very subjective. Like, say, like for Tom, he probably thinks Silent Hill is, like, better, and I can understand why, but, it, it all, it, you know, it's about what you personally prefer, isn't it? But I think, for me, Resident Evil is just, like, the perfect blend of horror, storytelling, action, and... I'm, I'm only talking about, like, the first few games, though, you know, so I'm talking Resident Evil 1, 2, 3, Code Veronica, you know, um, but as he's already mentioned, I just, I just love the way that, say, for example, you'd find out how the story progresses through notes, like, you dropped in the middle of, uh, the mansion or the, <clears throat> or the police station, you're running about, you don't know what the hell's happened, what's going on, you're finding notes and memos left by, you know, old researchers explaining what's happened, and it just slowly unfolds the stories and the plot twists. And I don't know. It's just, it's just awesome. It's, it feels good to play as well. I, I think one of the best examples of gameplay and what feels satisfying is when you get yeah. a shotgun in Resident Evil 2. Let the zombie come up close to you, pull the trigger, and you just watch their body literally just explode. And it's just so satisfying. <laughs> the weapons feel like they actually have weight to them, which is something. I don't know. So go I on. don't know if I'm. Sorry, I was just going to say, I don't know if I'm breaking inside either, but one thing I really do love about like, the earlier Resident <laughs> Evil games, at least, is just like the, the kind of management of limited resources. Yeah, yeah, and that as well, exactly. And it's just it's, it's interesting to have like puzzles based in real-world locations as well, I guess. You know, and they're not exactly anything too spectacular, but I just love... It just seems to have a perfect blend of story, action, puzzle-solving, you know? I mean, there's not much more I can say that most people all over the world who've played the series already know. I mean, just let's face it, it's one of the biggest game franchises of all time. Yeah. <clears throat> Most definitely. So, um, just while we're on the topic of Resident Evil, have any of you guys played Dino Crisis? The first two I'm referring to, of course. Yes. Yeah, played everybody from PS1. It's a recent thing for me, survival horror. I'm really, it's not a big thing for me, I've got to be honest. Um, well, I picked up Dino Crisis 1 and 2 and played through them. Um, really enjoyed them, actually. Um, and then um, I picked up Resident Evil Director's Cut, and that's it. So far, that's, that's all I've played through. Um, I've got one of the Alone in the Dark games, and I've got the Saw game on the Xbox 360, borrowed from a friend to play through. Um, but that's it, that's all I've done. Oh, I've, I've played a couple of the smaller indie games, but nothing major, you know. Yeah, some of those have been really good lately. Yeah, yeah. The, the Slender Man and stuff like that, you know. Um, and I've played, um, I'm playing through The Last of Us at the moment. Yeah, that's a brilliant game. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I guess that's, uh, mm. sorry, that's that, basically. <laughs> sorry. That's, 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 that's my opinion on The Last of Us, then. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, um, I, w I would like to get into it more, you know. It's something I haven't really touched on. Um, well, I'll be honest, the thing that really got me into it was, um, and I, again, like Aiden said, a lot of people have wanked about this over the internet, but it was when I played uh, Silent Hill 2. Because 
the story in that, I can honestly say I've never encountered another game with a story like it. Oh, God, yeah, I know exactly where you're coming from. It's the biggest head fuck ever, and you can spend... I mean, I, I once went online after I'd played the game because I was that kind of crazed on just trying to kind of put all the pieces together because they don't hold your hand and they definitely don't fucking explain it to you. <clears throat> yeah. And I basically read the better part of a 400-page dissertation that some guy had written on a plot analysis on a game facts, and by the end of it, I was still none the wiser, really, as to what to make of the plot, because like it's all kind of, I mean, there's just so many dark subjects that you just do not see covered in video games, but they're hidden behind so many layers of abstraction, and, you know, you, it's just kind of left up to you to sort of put it together in your own mind, and the amount of different opinions people have based on seeing the exact same thing and playing the exact same game is staggering. Like, whether you like the protagonist by the end or whether you, you fucking hate him by the end of it. I won't spoil the game, but, I mean, it's just... I, I can guarantee <coughs> well, you won't play... the one where you have the two fucking legs stapled together, innit? See? Um, that sort what, of shit. Crazy well, mutant Yeah, Yeah, kind of, yeah. But, again, that, mm. it, there's, there's a reason for that. There's a reason why the monsters look the way they do. At yeah. least in Silent Hill 2, anyway. Like, they've kind of used it in later games and it hasn't really worked. Especially Pyramid Head, that's just fucking ridiculous. <clears throat> but 2, I advise playing, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I remember doing the exact same thing Thomas did. Now, like he said, um, it, I'm not spoiling anything to do with the plot or anything. It's nothing you don't learn throughout the game, but it's like, it's like Pyramid the only reason he's been recycled so many times in the other games and movies and so on is simply because he's a popular character amongst fans, so they just simply shoehorn him in just for familiarity and people to go, oh yeah, it's Pyramid Head. But like, oh, yeah. you know, when he's talking about like um, how deep Silent Hill 2, it, it, it's truly insane and I was staggered by it because after playing the game and also going through that and having a read of it, it opens your mind to so many things. Like for example, I'm not going to go into too much information, but like one of the monsters, um, it's very, the way it moves and the way it looks, it's very sexual orientated. And the idea behind that, the symbolism is of uh, the main character's, uh, um, oh, what's the term? His sexual uh, repression. And, it's, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's to do with his frustration. The fact that, it, the reason, that just like to give the story quickly, you play this guy called James, he's turned up to Silent Hill because he's got a letter from his wife saying to meet him there, but the problem is, is that in his mind at least, she died like three years ago. But he goes there anyway with letter in hand and turns up. And um, a lot of the monsters and things that you see and like a lot of these visions and stuff that you have in the town are based on kind of Harry's, not Harry, James's subconscious and are based around uh, sort of a lot of the things that he sort of ha may or may not have done and like the guilt that he feels for the things he may or may not have done. So there's like kind of like sexy nurses <clears throat> Like the kind of you know they're still fucked up looking and monstrous, but they move in this kind of really disgusting way. And so sort of when you kill them, they kind of you know they they look kind of freakish, but at the same time it's like it's kind of hot. <laughs> it's really it's just it's kind of fucked up how they kind of put it all together like that. Yeah, yeah, and it's like how Pyramid chases James, and it's like this really powerful dark figure, but he symbolises his guilt and um, you know just 
the, the guilt he carries and the he, you know the feeling that he deserves what he gets and that kind of thing. Again, not going to go into the plot because it's such a great game. Honestly, I recommend people seriously need to play it. I mean, I I remember when I played it. I mean, Christ God, was it about two thousand and one, two maybe? I was yeah. only like th- I was like thirteen, fourteen, and I was playing the game, and I literally shit my pants. There were times I had the <laughs> times I had to pause the game or save and turn it off straight away and not go back to it. But it's such a great game, like. Pyramid Head is like the, the antagonist, right? Not Essentially. Yeah, well, it, yeah. It, it, it depends. It's like, <clears throat> you can, you, you, you could sort of compare him to like Nemesis or Resident Evil 3, but obviously, you know, in terms of like the bottom, um, what it's like, the psychological side of it, it's, it's a lot more dark and a lot more important than that, rather than just a generic monster hunting you, you know? Because there's right. also um, there's also <clears throat> kind of a companion character slash escort character, depending on how you sort of choose to treat her when you play the game, which is sort of affects yeah. the outcome at the end. Called uh, Maria, who is basically kind of a more sexy version of uh, the protagonist's dead wife, um, and she kind of ties into well, she kind of ties into everything. To be completely honest with you, you just need to play the game. <laughs> yeah, just just play the goddamn game. But um. <clears throat> just wanted to jump on a side uh, side wagon now, just you know, because like we sort of spoken about Resident Evil and Silent Hill, uh, as well as sort of Alone in the Dark. Are there any other game series that you guys have played um, in a similar fashion? Because I can name about three titles so far, which I bet many survival horror fans have never played or barely even heard of for the most part. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I did play Condemned on the Xbox 360 when that first came out, and Condemned 2, which was. Uh, a kind Shit. of um, uh, it wasn't that bad, you know. It was okay. Uh, Fear, F E A R. I don't consider that survival horror, see. Fear. Mm, and Dead Space. Yeah, yeah. That was one that I tried out. Um, I didn't play it very <clears> much though, because I, I just kind of went there. Fatal Frame. Oh yeah, so that's another one. Um, mm. and I suppose yeah, The Last of Us. That's the one, really. <clears throat> I've been playing recently. But, uh, yeah, yeah. The, um, the three I'm going to mention. Nope, sorry, go sorry. on. No, sorry, no, I was just going to say, there's, I've been on a sand kick lately, so there's also D, uh, a game called Deep Fear, and a game that you have to play by the late, great Kenji Eno called Enemy Zero. Play it. Yeah. It, it will kick your fucking ass. <clears throat> you'll love it. And the soundtrack is awesome. Composed by um, Michael Nyman, I think. Yes, he mentioned, mentioned some I was going to say. Uh, Deep Fear, for example, uh, was developed by Sega internally. Um, it's basically their answer to Resident Evil. It's literally a pure clone 
with a few extra bits in there. It's nothing. It's it's got the worst voice acting on the planet done by <laughs> literally. They they must have literally just gone right. Okay, let's get some Australian people off the street. Bring them into a studio. All right, you're yeah, gonna okay. be. A, yeah, no, it's just like okay, you're gonna be a gay character who's an architect. Okay, go. <laughs> and he's like, <clears throat> and I swear to God, YouTube deep fear voice and it's like, oh no, my, it's, it's just, oh, oh my, what have they done to my architecture? It's literally like that, it's, oh, what the fuck were they thinking? Oh, it's so good. There are, um, there are a couple of games that I've forgotten. Alan Wake? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alan Wake was quite good. Um, Fear Effect? Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. Well, go on, Tom, say a bit on Fear Effect. Um, no, no, I haven't really got anything to say about Fear Effect. You're all good. <laughs> Parasite, Eve. Parasite Eve, the first one was good. Parasite Eve 2 was a big pile of shite. Amen, brother. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and the Saw, like I said, played the Saw. Uh, Shadow Man, not really that much of a... It's no nah. reason to consider that. No, not really. It's more, it's, it's more action. It's more action-y, yeah. There's one game on the Dreamcast that many people have probably oh, never heard of. and Zombie oh, sorry. Zombie, oh, which I've got on the Wii U is particularly good. Yeah, yeah. Used to mm. very well. I've well, not the cast, sorry, you were saying. Yeah. Uh, just, just before I go back to that, I was going to say, I actually came very close to buying a Wii U just for, like, Zombie U and Zelda, but I, I'm holding on off at the moment. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. about the Dreamcast, uh, there's a great survival horror game on there. Um, Christ, I'm trying to think who made it now. Uh, it's on oh, the tip shit. of my tongue. <laughs> no, no, it's, yeah, it literally is. Um, well, I can't remember. Blue Stinger, Carrier, Elbowed, yep. and The Ring. <clears throat> yep, that was about, those are two there I was going to mainly mention, and that was going to be Carrier. And, um, that was made by um, Jalico. That's it, Jalico. Jalico, that's the one. No, that I'm, was pretty sure, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure Ill Bleed was the game that had the tagline in Japan, You will shit with fear. <laughs> <laughs> No word, no word of a lie, look it up. Carrier's tagline is, if you can hear it, you're already dead. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> now, no, that was a fantastic survival horror game. Very full 3D, very Resident Evil style with camera angles and that kind of thing. And it's, it had a bit of a unique spin. I mean, it's cheesy by today's standards, but that was a fantastic survival horror game I really, really thoroughly enjoyed. If you guys can get it for cheap on a Dreamcast, or you know, even if you're one of those people who burn copies, go for it, because it's awesome. And then, oh god, the other one I also own is Blue Stinger. Now, it's that's a weird mix of survival horror slash action, and it's a weird, weird game. <clears throat> the, the story the one with, is like the guy with a gun on the front and a weird kind of blue light going down. Yeah, it's, it's I, I I can't. Yeah, that is exactly it. But the story is completely weird. The voice acting is awful. I I yeah, there's something. It's like it's like it was a B movie on purpose. I mean. I know Resident Evil's stop it, don't open that door is really <laughs> cheesy, but my god. That was too close. <clears throat> you almost a chill sandwich. <laughs> I got a shotgun. <laughs> Sorry, this could go on all night, girl. <laughs> <laughs> go on, oh man, I, I fucking derailed it. <laughs> what is it? Blood. <laughs> anyway, yeah, b- before we end up doing like an entire hour, of <laughs> again, Blue, Blue Stinger was a great game. Um, oh well. yeah, should have got serum. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ouch. 
I'm trying to get my train of thought back now. Sorry, I'm, I'm muting my mic for a second. Sorry. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Blue Stinger. It's that's subjectively a great game, but like Carrier and them two on a Dreamcast, the ones that not many people have probably ever heard or played. But moving on to, um, you know, we sort of went in towards the indie topic you were talking about earlier. There's one particular game I played that's very survival horror oriented. As in, it's got the survival elements of sort of Daisy and all the other typical stuff where you have to find items to, you know, bandage, you know, rip clothing to bandage yourself, you know, food, water, that kind of thing. And the game is Project Zomboid, if any of you have heard of that. Yes. Ooh. This is where um, you. Um, get basically you wake up in a house where your wife's been bitten upstairs and you're um it's permadeath so you you have to the first thing you have to do is um go and find some wood to board up your house uh, and you go from there basically so it's very survival orientated yeah very open um, world you can Sorry, your wife tells you you're um, she's hungry so you go to cook food if you leave the food on too long in the world or it will burn and then set the house on fire and your wife will die so that's it game over <laughs> so it's, it's a, all a bit strange really but yeah it's very good very open world like um i, I tried the demo on steam and you could just literally do anything and everything but it's a lot more it's a lot more tense than other games like i found with daisy from what i've played the zombies aren't scary at all. The only thing scary in Daisy is you get spending hours collecting your equipment and some knobhead shoots you and takes it. That's the only fear element I find with Daisy, to be honest with you. Of course, that's subjective, but, you know. No, I do find, now that I'm kicked to the nines on Daisy, motherfuckers, they're not brought me in my M4, by the way, um, that uh, I just run around with a fire axe chopping zombies down left, right, and centre. It doesn't bother me at all, yeah. whether there's a zombie around. At, the, at first, yeah, you do have to worry about zombies, um, but then it becomes more about worrying about bandits and stuff like that. <clears throat> yeah. Survival game, uh, survival game, survival horror game coming out. Um, I think it was called Among the Sleep, where you basically play a baby. You're a baby, oh. like a, or a toddler, and that's it. All you can do is crawl, maybe kind of vaguely climb up stuff and hide, and that's it. And it's an empty house. There's a trailer for it. It's worth checking out. Um, it's pretty scary looking from what I remember seeing of the trailer, but I don't really know <coughs> what happened to it. So the, this is due to come out in spring this year, um, and it's a first-person... Uh, Survivor, um, a bit weird, and it's only going to come out on um, PC, OS X, and uh, Linux. And so okay. it puts you in the mind and body of a two-year-old child being helped along the way by his beloved teddy bear. After being put to bed one evening, mysterious things start happening. Being played in first person, the game immerses players in a child's limitless imagination. In the borderland between dream and reality, surreal creatures... <laughs> 
and diverse environments will present the player with both physical and mental portals that challenge the player's creativity. Um, so development began in 2011 um, and attracted 28,000 euros uh, on May 27th and 25,000 euros on May 28th uh, in funding. So around 50,000 euros and then um, the National Film Institute actually gave them an extra 50,000 and then <coughs> another 100,000. So they've had 200,000 euros to make this game. Um, and they also started a Kickstarter campaign which raised $248,000. So they've had a good few hundred thousand dollars. Um, and if they're achieved, if all the funding goals are achieved, uh, they will actually add support for the Oculus Rift. Ooh, so that's that's an interesting thing, actually. The Oculus Rift, like go with survival horror. You know, oh yeah. You would, you would you would literally shit your pants, would you not? If yeah. You, uh -huh. If you do that, <clears throat> I'm down for I mean, that. One one example I would say, which you know, game sounds similar to, uh, and reminds me of, is Amnesia: The Dark Descent, which is a game we haven't spoken about. Now that is a game I had. Oh, oh my God. Many times okay. I had to like, I had to like pause and like get pictures of kittens up on my screen, and I know that sounds like like PewDiePie, <laughs> but I swear to God, I literally had to do stuff like that. It was the most scariest fucking thing I've ever played because I did it in the dark, you know, lights out, headphones on. Oh Jesus Christ, what a stupid idiot I was! I tell you what, man, they lost their edge in machine takes, in my opinion, though. Maybe not the most popular opinion, but I didn't think too much of it. As a general rule of thumb these days, I um I tend to avoid sequels a lot because, especially with games like that, because I know they had the Penumbra or whatever it's called series before that, and yeah, it was like, yeah. it was like you have Amnesia, it, you play it and it was great, and you think right, and with the sequel coming out and other bits and that coming out so soon, it's just literally like it's for me personally, it's too soon to jump in again and I always have a feeling that when games come out so quickly like that, you know they're cashing in on the success of the previous well, one. You, you, that's what you're worrying about. With game development kind of going up in costs, like with the investors kind of pressurizing these people, like as soon as they've got a hit on their hands, just to milk it, milk it, milk it, milk it, milk it until it's dead. Assassin's yep. Creed, initially, like, not to start bagging on that, because I could go on all night, but when they first brought that out, I honestly thought, like, they were going to make three games, and that was it. And that would have yeah. been absolutely perfect. That was just the original. They've just butchered it, man. That was, like you were saying, that was their original plan. They were saying they was going to make a, a solid trilogy, and that was it. But then, again, I mean, a similar game that people can bag on, but I respect for, for leaving it there, at least for now, is Mass Effect, because... They made the tr they could have milked that for ages, but they made the solid trilogy, and that was it. I know they're working on, you know, quotation marks here, a fourth installment, yeah. if you will. But yeah. this is it's not going to be related to Shepard at all. Shepard's saga and his story or her. It's done. In that it's done. Or her. Or her. Yeah. 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 True. Look, <clears throat> we all. I'm. I. You know. I'm not going to get into this. Yeah. Her. Him. Her. Whatever. <laughs> I always played as a her. Damn <coughs> Pervert. Legend yeah. pervert. <laughs> yeah, did, did, did you always used to go off after um, the blonde chick? Uh, what was her name? The blonde alien? Blonde alien? Blue alien? Absolutely. Yeah, Liara. <laughs> That's the one. Liara to Sony. That's the one. 
Yeah. Not the one with the weird ass gas mask. I don't want to be going out with someone from Slipknot. She yeah, is, she, huh. No, not not that one. Uh, Lyra, she's yeah, actually yeah, voiced. She's voiced by the chick that does Lightning in all the Final Fantasy 13 games. I officially hate doing that. Yep. <laughs> That's it. You've ruined Mass Effect for me now. Thanks. Yeah, it's all good. I've got Final Fantasy Thirteen Two and um, is it Final, is it Thirteen Two or it might be Twelve Two? I don't know. Yeah, yeah Thirteen Two. <clears throat> Since I, we're on the topic, I know we're on topic survival horror, but now we're sort of sidetracking here. So the the best survival fucking horror game is probably Final Fantasy Thirteen. That game is so fucking scary <laughs> bad. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, I call that an on rails RPG. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was terrible. Right. Uh, well, we're actually already coming to an end of our show. We've got right. about seven and a half minutes. So anything what? you guys want to chat about, survival horror related? What's everybody's favourite scariest moment from any survival horror game? Go! Uh, let me think, let me think. Bear with me. Um... Anything where it pops out, I'm all about the cheap pop. You know? <laughs> uh, mine is gonna. Oh, sorry, go on, Chris. Uh, yeah, you know, just just anything where it's it's been building the atmosphere for a long time, and suddenly, bam, there it is in your face. <clears throat> Do you know what I mean? For sure. That's um, that's that's kind of what it's all about for me. I think for me, mine is probably <clears throat> after you just literally seen your um work colleague being eaten to death you run back to the main hallway and then your other work colleague turns to you and says it might be handy if the mass if you the master of unlocking take it with you i think that's probably <laughs> my favorite part in it you know what's that from <laughs> resident evil one okay truly oh, you yeah, yeah, chill yeah, yeah. master of unlocking should take it with you <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Yeah, don't worry enough. i have this <laughs> Take you know a what? look at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right. Um, have I got? Have I got to go? Yeah, you've got to go, buddy. Um, I would say uh, uh, it's a struggle between two for me. One would be from Silent Hill Five. Uh, no, Silent Hill Four. Sorry, the room. When I was uh, playing through that one night, I fell asleep. Uh, in my apartment. I fell asleep in real life, but I was in my apartment in the game, which gradually becomes more haunted and fucked up the longer you play through it. And uh, there's a section where if you walk over to the phone and uh, answer it, there's basically just this voice on a continuous loop saying, I am always watching you. I am always watching you. And that just kind of kept going all through the night while I was asleep. And when I woke up screaming and sweating because it had bled into my dream, um, I took the disc out and tossed it across the room. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a toss-up between that or there's a moment in Silent Hill 2 where you go to the Silent Hill Historical Society and there's a part where you kind of go through, there's a hole in the wall and you go down these steps and you're kind of running down these steps for the best part of five minutes. And uh, there's all this kind of, there's this kind of weird music, kind of this industrial grinding music and all these noises and like the tension is building to almost like a fever pitch and when you actually get to the end, nothing really happens. But for the entire five minutes while you're running down these steps down this corridor, like you literally, like your heart is just jumping out of your chest. You're just thinking any fucking second now something is just going to come out and skew me. And yeah, it's, it's just great horror. Effective horror, because nothing actually happens to you at the end either. 
Yeah, I think, jokes aside about the mine, I think, for me, if I think back, one of my favourites, now, obviously, I know it, I, you know it's not going to have the same impact, but think back, this was 1996 now. You know, I was like eight years old. I mean, Christ, it doesn't matter how old you are. You know, 1996, I never played anything like Resident Evil before. You run down that goddamn hallway and those dogs just burst through the way after you. Oh, my <laughs> God. I shit my ass so many times. <laughs> Do you know what, but the hunter follows you back through the door. Oh, yeah, God, that, that was creepy, too. But that it's little, just a little Yeah, but they, that's sort of preparing you for it with this. You're running the hallway nice and quiet. Next minute, it's smashing the music going out. <laughs> just going, and it's like, oh, my God. So, uh, what, since I've just picked up a PSP, what survival horror games have I got on there, then? Um, I think Shattered Memories is on there, Silent Hill, but uh, probably worth picking up. <clears throat> that's more like a detective game. Like oh, is, is that the one where you? It's like it's not a remake, but like a reimagining, and it's um like yeah, the ice right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that. I I quite yeah, enjoyed yeah. that. You can play through it in an afternoon. It's actually quite relaxing. Well. <laughs> well, yeah, no, yeah. Apart from when you're getting chased, but the actual investigative parts where you're just sort of like running around, just checking stuff out. I don't know. It's actually kind of chilled out. I can't explain it. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's very it does the atmosphere is still quite tense at times though I think. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Hmm. Okay. I, I, I want to say Resident Evil One remake. I still struggle to play all the way through it without fucking having to leave the room every now and again. It's so creepy, and the graphics are still <clears> so good. Yeah, I recently I played it on the Dolphin emulator, uh, running 1080p. I had like all the settings on maximum, and so the sh- the shadows aren't pixelated. They're literally perfect, all anti-aliasing, and is one of the best experiences I've had in a while. <laughs> it just looks so good. Yeah, it still looks like a triple A quality title even now, and that was released like what 2002 or something. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. There's just they've got the atmosphere so so right, and the fucking what do you call them when you don't kill oh. them right? Oh, um, crimson heads. Crimson, crimson heads. heads. Yeah. Oh yeah. fuck that. Oh, it's <laughs> nightmares. Just when they spring up, they fucking leave you with blood just pissing out of their faces, and they want to yep. claw out your precious eye juices. Not nice. <laughs> Not nice. You got you got to cut off the heads or burn them shits. Remember that. Okay. <laughs> Chris hasn't got a clue. You need to be educated, man. I do. Oh. Well, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this uh, in <clears> particular because um, this is uh, a genre I've always wanted to get into. So I'm super, super chuffed to uh, be getting into it, actually. Slowly Good on me. And I think that's about all we have time for. Um, so thanks, everybody, for listening once again. Uh, I've been Chris Shanks, been the Retro Renaissance Podcast with Brahilia Tom. Yippee. And thank you to our special guest again this week of Aidan Watkins. Do make sure to check out his videos. Speaking of survival horror, he has some very, very nice um Resident Yeah, your Resident stuff. Evil videos are awesome, <clears throat> dude. Oh yeah, just 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 a quick thing. If anyone just you know, a very quick plug. If any of you are massive Resident Evil Two fans, do a search of Resident Evil one point five, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So thank you very much, guys. And here we go. Bye, guys. Whoop.